what they've been brainwashed with. Yeah, exactly. I mean, whether it's whether it's their the input that they seek out themselves, or whether it's you know the government funded programming. That's you know that's that's just the main main thing that causes us to end up where we end up and how we and thinking the way that we think. Programmed taught how to operate the machinery, how to file our taxes with assistance with either programs or uh, tax filing agents, but never taught how to think for ourselves. Go figure. I know, right? Why would they set up such a mechanism? Well, it's a million dollar question, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, all we can do is speculate as to the true reason, but we can come up with these other you know, alternative ideas as to why they would start to say this connection. Obviously, one thing is going to be money because, you know, at every turn we're getting price gouged on something, we're getting taxed on something. There's so many different taxes that, I mean, we just can't keep count of them. You know, I mean, most of our income, like half of our income goes out of taxes from, you know, just different areas. So profit, you know, is a, is a definite thing. The whole money system is set up to where these big banks can lend money to certain individuals or certain institutions, and then these institutions like Big Pharma, they have so much money because they're producing these so-called medications to uh, improve people's health. But in actuality, it's just you know pulling them in to be sort of addicted to the meds that they give, and then. From this money that they all pull in, it's that, that institute is, you know, they use that to bribe politicians in order to have them um, approve a policy that benefits the corporation. So, you know, I mean, it's like effectively the uh, taxes end up from government subsidies, subsidies going to these companies. These companies then turn around and, you know, price gouge the, the American citizens who are dealing with them. And then they bribe politicians to vote for legislation that increases their reach. So it's a it's a terrible cycle, Chris. An endless one. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely. So there's so there's money, and then as a as a result of having control of most of the money, then you know they have most of the control over the population of Earth. So, you know, people who deal in the money system still, I mean, even still like myself, uh, sadly, you know, we, we still have, we're still plugged in to some degree, um, where we can be controlled, you know, because we, we, in this society, need money to pay for things that should be a God-given human right, you know, food, clothing, shelter, things like that, you know, water. Yeah, had a Nestle had just come out talking about how uh, water is not a God-given right. Yeah, it's not a human right, he said. I'm like, how do you, how do you know? Did you, did you call God up on speed dial or something? Like, what, did God tell you that, that it's not a human right? No, this is just some guy that's accumulated too much of this fiat currency, you know, and now he can just go on and say things like that on the record. And a lot of people won't know he said it. A lot of people won't bat an eye. You can tell a lot of people that he said it. And they still, still look at you like, well, I mean, it kind of isn't. Like, the, the world is not where it's supposed to be. 
in my opinion. No, not even close. Hey, I, I hate to interrupt you. Um, that was that was a good rant there. Um, I'm getting a little bit of background. It sounds kind of like a bag of potato chips. Oh, right. I'm I'm like my bad. I was fidgeting in the van. Oh, okay. <laughs> I couldn't right. even hear it. I couldn't even hear it, but I guess you were taking over. Okay. I, yeah, I, was, uh, I was about to crack open a fifth bar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, if we need to pause and take a break, we can. Or did you want to keep rolling? Oh no, let, let's let's go ahead. My fault. Okay, let's get back to it. This uh, creepy Nestle guy who thinks he's got a direct line to God. Yeah, um, the the way that he can just come out and say something like that is that's outrageous. You know, who who as a regular human being has the right to govern another human being? I mean, what where did you get this right from? Like, we're all created equally, but in this illusory system. You know, well, our parents, our parents gave them the right when they created our birth certificates. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, it's, but they didn't know. They didn't know. They didn't. No, it was only unknowingly. Yeah, yeah, and that that's that's one thing that gets on my nerves about the system. It's so it's so sneaky. The way that they the way that they have these things uh, being rolled out uh, to the public, and they'll give them. I, you know, these free titles like the Patriot Act, like, oh, okay, these are a bunch of regulations that, you know, we, we believe in because we're patriots. It's the Patriot Act, right? Yeah, we hear the name and we instantly ignore it. I mean, when we were still asleep. Yeah. Like now you and I being awake, like we're going to read into it. But, like, you know, the everyday people that are stuck in that grind of, you know, keeping up with Joneses, Joneses buying the very next you know, expensive thing that they can't really afford that television has brainwashed them into needing. They're buying it anyway and, uh, you know, keeping themselves a slave to their debt. Yep. Yep. Absolutely, man. Uh, it's, you know, it, it, it's troubling to a degree, but it gets on my nerves. It gets on my nerves cause, because it's like, I mean, deep down, we all know that something is terribly wrong, but we just can't put our finger on it for the most part. I'm not saying I got it all figured out, but, you know, as the saying goes, money is the root of all evil, it's starting to make a lot more sense. It's starting to make a lot more sense because, you know, these soldiers who go out and fight these wars, I don't think they, by nature, just want to go out and kill people. Not all of them. Some do, for sure. There's some psychopaths that end up for the military, and that is the right position for them. Yeah. Let's, let's steer that. I mean, at least, I mean, not to say that it's good to kill the enemy, because we don't really know if the enemy is indeed the enemy, but Simply. at least they're not here, like, doing, you know, right. and, offenses and, against, you know, the people around us, yeah. around them. Yes, and, and, and the point I was getting to was that, I mean... They're not bad people, so they don't want to do these bad things. But they have to do these things because they need the money. Because they need the money, they, you know, they need the money so they can feed their family. You know? So, I mean, if there were, like, eliminate the middleman and if some way or another his family was fed, I don't think he would make the decision. And, you know, eight out of ten, the guy probably wouldn't make the decision to go off to his foreign country to kill people that he doesn't know. I agree. I don't think that would happen is, these basic things were taken care of, man. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, in spite of, like, all the action movies that you see, like American Sniper and stuff like that, films that 
like kind of encourage the, you know, the hero mentality of being a soldier. Not to say that, you know, there aren't acts of valor being performed on battlefields everywhere, because I know there are. I mean, like, like you said before, the soldiers are unwitting, you know, proponents of the system, you know, controlled by our puppet masters. But you get, like, this action mentality in your head. You're seeing all this, like, violence, like, in video games. I mean, I'm not against violence in video games. I'm very pro it. I enjoy it. Virtual violence is the only violence I'm down with, but I, I love it. But, I mean, when it's when it's structured and brainwashed over and over again, you want to watch, you know, Rambo when you're a kid and uh, then Expendables and stuff like that. And it kind of does create some people that are, you know, gung-ho and they want their kids to be gung-ho in that same regard and that, you know, everyone's taught to, you know, procreate, keep making kids, you know, for the slave army. Yeah. Yep. Deep, dark stuff. All right, let's 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 dig into uh, your early life, man. Like, before you were awake, you know, what was your early life like? Where'd you grow up? Well, I grew up in North Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, you know, not in a bad neighborhood in particular. Uh, just a regular guy. Uh, wasn't super popular at in school, high school. Not even, um, you know, just, you know, made average grades. Made average grades. Didn't really, didn't really fit in with the cool kids, so to speak. Uh, I probably weren't involved in sports then. That tends to be something that, you know, tends to increase one's popularity. Yeah, I I ran track the last two years that I was in. I'm you know I, I did a you see the four by four relay. I ran the quarter mile. Um, so uh, you know uh, two hundred two hundred yard two hundred meter that is. You know I used to do I used to do a few things in track, but so real sports that require real work and real determination, we don't really get real gratification. And the spoils from like you would from, you know, playing for the football team or maybe wrestling. Yeah, yeah, no, not like that. And, and I mean, any sport in order to be good, it's going to take some practice, it's going to take some work, you know, to get good at anything. But yeah, no, um, you know, track track stars, track runners, you know, um, those who are proficient in track and field, they don't they don't get enough recognition in the mainstream, in my opinion. Yeah, mine either. I mean, the Olympics might be the only spot. There's really, like, no professional track and field. I mean, professional marathon running is becoming a thing, but nothing of the uh, traditional track and field. So, uh, post-high school. Uh, right after high school, I joined the Army, honestly. And um, what was your MOS? I was a 92 Yankee unit supply specialist. Um you know, did my basic training at Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. Uh, my advanced individual training, AIT, I did that at uh, Fort Lee, Virginia. And what year was this? That was 2000. Oh. That happened. Yeah. Graduated, graduated high school, class 2000, and went straight to basic. And then, you know, by, like, November, I was in Virginia. That yeah, was pretty cool. And then I ended up at Fort Lewis. Did you uh, see any combat? Well, I, I did do a year in in Iraq. Um, what was, was that like? It was an eye-opening experience, you know, and I, and I didn't feel good about it. Um, 
you know, towards the end of it because I realized that we were the ones infiltrating on their land, you know. And it's like, like it's, it's what, here, where do you live? Uh, currently Greenville, South Carolina. Okay, so so if some, some guys from another country, if like another country were to start saturation bombing right outside of Greensville, uh, for, for like weeks on end. And then you hear about, um, you know, a lot of the people that died. You hear about some of your friends that may have died during that saturation bombing because you know people that were in that area and you haven't heard from them. You know, uh, I mean, if that, that type of stuff happened and then you find out these same guys that just bombed that place, you know, are setting up a perimeter and building a military compound, then you'd probably be like, what? These guys are, you know, I mean, these guys are, like, right outside your town. You'll be outraged, right? Yeah, time to go Rambo. Yeah, so so these guys over in these other countries, when, when you know, the news, the mainstream media is calling these people terrorists, I'm like, no. They're, <laughs> no. I'm like, no, they're pissed off because people from this other country came by and killed people that, you know, were their fellow countrymen or, like, that they were related to or that they knew. Or, you know, or, or family, you know, you know what I mean? So, oh yeah, they're just doing what any normal human being would do. Like, yo, you're in my country occupying and you killed a bunch of people since you've been here, you know? Yeah. So, so, I mean, when I realized that, I was like, I can't blame them for what they do. You know, like two in the morning, these guys will uh, have these mortar, ca- mortar tubes connected to the back of their trucks and um they would they would fire mortar rockets over the fence, you know, in the middle of the night. And and we would have to get up because the alarm would go off and then we would have to run to the closest bunker and, you know, wait there for a half hour and if you know, we had to wait a half hour from the last time from the last shell that dropped. So, you know, one shell falls at two fifteen, okay you know, you're in there, it's about 2.40. You think you're about to get out, they drop another one at 2.40. You ain't getting out of the bunker until 3.20. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, sleep deprivation right. to the highest degree. Oh, my right. God. Right. So they do stuff like that, you know. And honestly, while I was over there, dying of sleep deprivation, <laughs> dude, I was like, I, I'm not, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. You know? So, I mean, that's the thing. And people are like, yeah, they're fighting for their freedom. You know, these soldiers are heroes. I'm not knocking the soldiers. I'm just saying the narrative behind the whole thing, it's skewed. It's skewed. Extremely. And all you have to do is just think about it for a few minutes from the other people's perspective. And that's why, um, you know, empathy and compassion aren't really pushed in the world today. It's more of a disregard for your fellow human being. And, you know, it's good as much for yourself and, you know, yeah. Let everyone else just starve and die. Yep. Capitalism to a T. Yeah. I mean, I'd use stronger language, but profanity is not allowed on this uh, radio show. And again, you are listening to True Fiction Radio on WDR Media with your host, Chris K. I think I just said WDR. That's WDRB. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting a little emotional here with this story that Daryl's telling us about. Yeah, that's a whole different perspective. I never really 
considered it from that view. I mean, obviously, I mean, there's outrage once I found out that there were no weapons of mass destruction and that, like, it was just a whole ploy to get us over there to get control of the oil fields that they say that, you know, we have a limited amount of, yet there's an amazing amount of evidence, like, mostly from a one Admiral Byrd, who stated that there's a, a whole continent beyond the Antarctic ice barrier, all shore, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he said it's on the other side of Little America, which would put it, I believe, right in the middle of the Indian Ocean, but yet we don't have any pictures of this on any of our maps. Hmm. Right. Things that make okay. you go, hmm. Right. Things that make you go, hmm. Yep, absolutely. And I'm telling you, there's there's a whole lot of There's a whole lot of And, uh, yeah, that one right there, yeah, you know what? But here's the thing, Chris. I mean, that that's a good point, and I've, I've brought that one up in a couple of videos. Or at least one, I'm sure. And, um, man, I'm, I'm kind of coming to a point to where, you know, we can only speak strongly with conviction about things that we experience because everything else is secondhand knowledge. Right. We can't experience it for ourselves or prove it or disprove it for ourselves. Right. It's all secondhand information. So, if you haven't substantiated something for yourself, then I mean you can't really speak that strongly about it from a from a firm position because as far as you know, they could have they could have just been lying. They could have been lying about it. Well my thought on that is like why? Why would they lie about that and then after that lie immediately set up the Antarctic Treaty? Oh and those two things line up perfectly. They, I mean I mean, I see you, you doing that to, like, play devil's advocate, yeah. which is rare given the fact that you are the head of the uh, Flat Earth Offensive. <laughs> but in all fairness, yeah, you're, you're playing devil's advocate there. But like I said, it's it's the motivation behind that. Like, it didn't seem like there was that much propaganda back then unless it was war-related or trying to inspire people to smoke cigarettes because doctors used to tell us that it was good for you. Yeah. More deception. Jeez. <laughs> There's just so much, man. There's so much. Okay, yeah. so uh, any more about the military experience you want to tell us about? Oh, no, it, it was it was fine. You know, I got, I got back um, from that deployment, and I decided I didn't want to deploy again. I didn't feel good about it, so I decided to get out a little bit before eight years. And, uh, you know, people are like, oh, why didn't you go ahead and do 20? Because uh, I didn't want to feel like crap attire. For being in other people's country, knowing that America was the bad guy, essentially, you know? Yeah. I, I didn't want to do that. Besides, I, I didn't want to be away from my family uh, if I got to feel like this. You know, I just uh, got married and uh, had, had a child. Oh, you got married while you were active duty. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a whole other spin up thing. Right, so I, I didn't I didn't want to have to be away from my family like that, honestly. So, you know, I have my reasons. And then, you know, I got out a little bit after that. And uh, what happened? Well, I got on employment for a while. <laughs> and um, while I wasn't working, 
you know, I, I, I was keeping my daughter and, um, so you and the wife split up like somewhere in the middle of your deployment? No, no, no. Uh, no, no. I wasn't married on the first deployment. I came back and then got married. I never deployed while I was married. Okay. That's why I got out. I didn't want to, didn't want to deploy while I was married, so I got out. But, uh, there was a point where I got out the army and, you know, it was about 10 months, you know, that I wasn't working, but I was taking care of my oldest daughter now. So the wife was working? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I was, I mean, I was trying to fill in as best I could, you know, I was keeping the house clean and all that. You know. Stay at home daddy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty much. You know, I was taking care of things at home as best I could. And still I was drawing on employment and it was about as much as I was making while I was working while I was in the Army, so we kind of, we kind of evened out, honestly. But we were fortunate at that point. So I take it it was uh, about this time where, like, you got bored and started looking into conspiracy? Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. It was being that whole lot going on. The first one I looked into, man, like in nine eleven. Um, that one that was that was a weird thing for me. We'll go we'll go back to your perspective on nine eleven. Like at first, like I, my cognitive dissonance and my brainwashing was to the extent where I I believe the mainstream dialogue until I stumbled upon the flat earth and woke up. Like that thing, I was just like, there's no way, no, I didn't know about Tower 7 or about like gold being under Tower 7 or any of that. Like that was one of those things. I was just like, and why? Why would they make all that up? And then, you know, you, you wake up and you start looking and you're like, oh, oh, that's why. Right. Oh, because the world's run by a group of psychopathic criminals that, you know, are bent Royal on bloodline. World domination is. Yeah. Well, this fallen angel <laughs> bloodline, these 13 families and all that. Okay, so you stumble across 9-11. Did you believe it right away, or did it take a little bit of investigation, especially since, um, you know, you were former military? Well, I, I guess the reason why I was so open-minded is because, I mean, I just kind of stumbled in the movie. It was, uh, it was actually Michael Moore's Fahrenheit 9-11. Ah. And... <clears throat> And I got that DVD, and, um, you know, I, I was like, what's this about? You know, Fahrenheit 9-11, that sounds interesting. I didn't know it was actually about 9-11. I didn't mean, you know, I was just renting a movie to just check it out. And then I just sat down and looked at it, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. He makes a lot of really good points. Did that really happen? Really? The Bush family was out with members of the Bin Laden family, like, the same morning. Are you freaking kidding me? You, you know what I mean? So that type of stuff was popping up. And I was like, what, huh? You know, and then after that, at that point, I finally um, started trying to get used to the Internet because I was trying to stay away from the Internet. And I, I promised, like, uh, like 12 years ago, that you were uh, talking to me about the Internet. I've been like, that's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I uh, get on get on the Internet, and I end up on this, this thing called YouTube. And, uh, you know, they had a lot of different videos about 9-11, and then it dragged me into something called the Illuminati. And I was like, what's this about? And it was like Jesuits, and then something about Freemasons. And I was like, what the heck's going on here about all these secret societies? Wait, they all worship Satan? Holy crap. You know, so 
And this is not Levian Satanism, by the way, where they just advocate, you know, doing what you will as long as you don't harm other people. You know, no harm to children, no harm to small animals. This is the real deal, like demonic, you know, sleeping with children and sacrificing babies, like the real dark, real Satanism. Well, yeah, it isn't the hardcore stuff, man. That, like, they're not playing like that surface level stuff. Oh, hi. We are the Church of Satan. Here are Ten Commandments. And yeah, they're... You know, they're that sounds like... Some, you know, I, I sat there and I can't remember all the commandments. I was just like, that is sneaky. That's really sneaky because it looks like they're just like, we're just chilling, you know? But... Yeah, they are. I mean, they're kind of innocuous. I mean, other than the fact that... I mean, they believe that... None of Christianity is real. I mean, they all believe the earth is a spinning ball in outer space, which is what I believed for years, which is why for years I was a Satanist and an atheist um, until I found the flat earth. And it's pretty obvious once you do that there is a creator. But, I mean, I still adhere to a lot of, I mean, a lot of their doctrine makes sense if you take out all the anti-God stuff. It's a good way to live your life. Don't harm children or small animals. Do what you will, as long as you're not bringing harm to other people. But like, like I said, to clarify, this is not Levian Satanism. This is not the Temple of Set. This is not something innocuous for you know someone to have a fringe religion based upon. This is the real dark demon worshiping stuff. Yeah, uh, the dark occult magic rituals, just doing the most disgusting things that you can imagine. Or to children. Imagine. With children, with animals even. I mean, these these people are sick. These people are sick. That's that's about all I got for them. (laughs) People are just sick. Might not even be freaking people, man. Just vile, wretched acts of cruelty for absolutely no reason. Um, But they're on gratification, thinking that it makes them stronger. Or more yeah. powerful. Yeah. And, Meanwhile, but perpetuating the uh, lie, you know, that's been perpetuated throughout time, at least the last 500 years, about the spinning ball thing that we're insignificant, you know, in an infinite universe, that we're not powerful creatures created by God. Yeah. And, and by that, by perpetuating that myth and you know, pushing that whole thought pattern on the people that, you know, people will come to a point where they have uh, less less regard for human life because they, you know, don't hold a high value on their own life. So why should they hold a high value on anybody else's life? So it, it becomes this, this selfish, nihilistic society that we've come to. Exactly, except for the sick elite that really know the truth that are doing this on purpose so they can serve the dark one, serve their dark master. Yep. Okay, so we went from 9-11. Uh, at, one point, at what point in time did you find the flat earth? And like myself, I, I still have my tweet up for when I, from when someone first mentioned the whole concept of flat earth to me. And, you know, I've, I've done a little bit of stand-up and I plan on getting back on stage soon. You know, separate from the message, obviously, comedy and entertainment is one thing. Spreading the truth is another. That being said, um, I had an adverse reaction to it. It was 
it was rough because I just thought about, you know, the social studies books where you saw pictures of boats on like a checkerboard, like falling off the edge. And I'm like, that's not, that's not possible at all. Like, you know, people have circumnavigated the globe. You know, we knew from, you know, the boats going away on the horizon, how they would disappear whole first, all that. And we'll, we'll dig into that. But I had a real adverse reaction to it. I had to tweet it out. It came up with a little joke. I said, I wonder what percentage of flat earthers suffer from sleep apnea or other breathing-related disorders as lack of oxygen can lead to brain cell death. How <laughs> those words taste, anyway? They taste pretty bad now, but uh, <laughs> it inspired. It, it's not, it, you know... It helped me to get to where, I mean, my friends were laughing about it, and I had one of my friends, one of my most respected, most intelligent friends, like, there's, like, an, an intelligence or, like, you know, how you do on, like, quizzes and tests and uh, the indoctrination or academic word, world, um, and then there's intelligence in terms of, like, how you perceive things, and this buddy of mine, Sean, like, from a childhood age, you know, early teenage years when we met each other, his ability to rationalize and comprehend things was that of an adult. So I had a tremendous amount of respect for him and him and my brother, Michael were going back and forth debating the shape of the earth. And then my brother, Michael posts this video. It's called the first donut in space. And uh, it's a bunch of kids. I think they're in Denmark. They, um, do the high altitude balloon thing, um, with a ski attached to it and a donut at the end of the, the ski, so I guess for perspective and uh, to show the curvature of the earth. And you saw it because it was a fisheye lens, but I could see when it wasn't moving and it leveled out, the horizon was still at eye level. And that's where I was like, whoa, what is going on here? I'm like, this is not you know, the picture that was on my iPhone, and it's not spinning. So that's when I started going down the rabbit hole, and uh, uh, after 300-plus hours of actually researching it and uh, doing some experiments, uh, I definitely believe wholeheartedly and would gladly be accepted to a lie detector test and state that the Earth is flat and stationary. All right, so I got my little story out, and sorry to interrupt you. Now it's your turn. Did you have a similar adverse effect? When you found it, or did you immediately, you know, no, step backwards? I'm, I'm one of those uh, strange cats that kind of uh, just pick up on it, kind of, you know, without without too much hesitation. Because I think, mean, like we discussed, was, you know, after I got out of the army and all that, you know, I started to stuff. I, I mean, I was already at a point where, uh, by the time I saw the flat earth, I'd already concluded that the government was lying about like everything. So. You know, why not the shape of the earth? Yeah, you know, I mean, a lot about everything else. <laughs> liars lie. That's what liars do. And the government said, well, they're a bunch of freaking liars. So, you know, I, yeah, I was like, all right, yep, I can see them lying about this. So I started to look at more evidence. Uh, you know, the first video I saw was Flat Earth Cruise. And, um, you know, as a result of watching this uh, series on Netflix, Under the Dome, you go on YouTube, type in on her clues that popped up. And that was the first video that I saw. Yeah. You know, I, I, I watched that, and I mean, in like the first few minutes, it, 
just starting to ask questions like, wait, what? What do you mean flat earth? We had never heard of that. Well, I hadn't in my adult life. She had it. But, you know, we watched that thing like the whole weekend. And, um, you know, by, the, by, by Sunday night, we were like, okay, so it was like Friday, Friday evening. And then that video came on and we just kept watching it over and over. Like all the weekend. Right and all the this is, uh, Mark Sargent's Flat Earth Clues. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. I wanted to specify for the audience, though. Yeah. They can go and look for themselves. Right. Mark Sargent's Flat Earth Clues, that was the first one, um, uh, yeah. First video that I saw about Flat Earth. And, uh, yeah, I was pretty much, I was pretty much done. I was like, okay, well, okay, NASA popped up out of, the, out of nowhere. That video just, it, it, it was really subtle in that it just casted doubt. It didn't so much prove flat earth as much as cast doubt on the globe model, uh, if I remember correctly. Inspired further research. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it kind of sparked you to want to go look into it a little bit deeper. Like you said at the end of each video, it's like, hey, I'm take my word for it. Do your own research and ask questions. And Dude, I thought it was super Super crazy of him. I mean, there was an expletive I wanted to use there, and then I realized I can't. It's profanity. Super crazy of him to uh, just put all his contact info out there, his cell phone number, email. Yeah. I was like, dude, are you? I was, but look, at the end of it, I was like, huh, he put his email and phone number. Credibility. I was like, all right, well, I mean, he, look, he, he must be open to chat about this, so. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool. Uh, I just thought that was admirable that he put his information out like that. And that's, like, actually his number and all that. You know, I called yeah. him once or twice. So you called it? You talked to him? Yeah. I mean, well, here, I had uh, called his other number, and I got the voicemail, but I have called called him on Strange World. And, I, you know, I've talked to him. So I'm is, this, is this post your spirit level thing and your yeah, flat earth defenses? Yeah, I skipped ahead. My bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. No big deal. I, I talked to him before. I, I hadn't talked to anybody. It was just, luckily, uh, I didn't have to go through that thing that most people do is, you know, coming in flat earth and then not having talked to. Uh, I had my, I had my ex-girlfriend, my girlfriend at the time. And, I mean, we could talk about this stuff all day. We could just sit there and watch videos. Was she like you? Did, did she like take to it right away? Didn't have the whole cognitive dissonance? Oh, no. No, we we went, we, we went through a lot of conspiracy video hours together. <laughs> so, you know, we were my lady. My lady was the same way. She like had no adverse reaction to it. Like, I mean, she saw me like it, the worst she did was like she saw me put on a flat Earth video, and uh, she's like, oh, and she left. But like once I explained it to her, and then started watching them with her, she took right to it. Like there was no. Like having to write a joke about it, like I did. Right. But yeah. Right. yeah. And, and I mean that's cool because you know, there's like only minor hesitation. I see people. I've I've seen couples on the brink of divorce over this. <laughs> oh yeah, I could only imagine. I mean, I I just I talk to people on the street about it. And I've had people, you know, almost ready to fight me. Yeah. Talking about this stuff. No. Like people, people get pretty upset about this. Like, uh, usually get 
usually ends with uh, me getting screamed at saying, it's, it's on you. You have to prove that it's not a globe. And I'm like, well, no, actually, you know, it's the status quo in mainstream science that, you know, it's supposedly a spinning ball in infinite space. Think, Burton, a proof's on you. Yeah, the other way around, but in their anger, they don't see it. But And I can only hope that at that point, you know, the kernel of doubt has been planted. You know, yep. so they go and look. Yeah, and, and that's, that's the plan. It's, it's, it's kind of what they do, you know, they. It's kind of what they do in being kind of subtle, really sneak, you know, kind of like a backdoor approach. It just kind of, kind of feeds the information out and leave it out there. Just, just to spark somebody's interest enough for them to look for themselves. Now, do you think this is a uh, a controlled release of this information? Do you think the elite wanted this to come out, or do you think it's just an issue of us stumbling across the technology to do the investigation on our own, and it's just coming out that way? I mean, we're kind of off topic, and we're we're still, you know, moving ahead on the timeline. But this is one question that came to mind. I don't want to miss it. All right. So I feel like they didn't want it to get out, but now that they recognize that it is getting out and, you know, more people are going to figure this out faster than ever because, I mean, this is the age of information and we have these social media platforms that we can share this information on all the time and reach more people. So, you know, people, like hundreds of people are waking up to this every day. I mean, it's only a matter of time before the switch is flipped and we get to like 50%, you know, and then all of a sudden, like within a matter of weeks, everybody knows. And then there's just going to be this huge uproar, possibly. There could possibly be a huge uproar because, you know, it got technology like uh, the P900 camera and uh, the ability to send cameras up on high altitude balloons up to 120,000 feet. Gee, that it ain't spinning. Yeah. And uh, the horizon at 120,000 feet is at eye level, which is impossible if the Earth is 24,000 miles in circumference. Yes. You'd have to look down to see the horizon were that the case. And you would clearly see the curve at that elevation. Exactly. And that's what they tell us. And sometimes these, you know, rather uneducated globe They'll come out with it. No, you have to be like 31,000 feet high. Like, really? Because commercial airplanes usually top out around 40,000. So you're saying that extra 1,000 feet is going to give us a, you know, final look at this curvature that we just can't see at regular altitude. But there's only a few people that have actually flown at 40,000 feet in if you want to bring it up that high. People on the Concorde. Yeah, it's like they, they like to keep moving the goalposts. But... I mean, the the fact that there's no measurable curvature should, I mean, uh, the easy answer to why there's no measurable curvature is because there is none. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It doesn't exist. You can't measure that which does not exist. Period. So, you know, it's just, I, I mean, I don't know. People would rather just continue on with the illusion. And, you know, that, that's fine. That's fine. We don't need to, we don't need to change them all change the minds of all of you. At some point, it's just going to be common knowledge. And I believe yeah. that so-called even know that the information is spreading out that fast. Yeah, I, I, I went off rambling there. No, we're good. We need, 
we, this is for the, you know, we're going to extend it out on the radio show and five-minute segments and go as long as we need to. You know, on the podcast, there's no bandwidth issue. So right. keep it going, man. Elaborate as much as you want. Okay. So, so yeah, on that one, it's just a matter of um, I believe that they know that the information can't be contained. I believe that they know at some point, you know, everybody's going to be notified and figure this out because it kind of affects the consciousness field. You know, if, if we all figured out something, you know, or if like half of us figure out something, it's like overnight the rest of the population figures it out automatically. Makes it a lot easier energetically for the information to be dispersed across the plane. So I think they know that and they're scrambling to, um, you know, get the, get their new world order power grid up and running. Or a backup plan. Yeah. And defining some way for us to not uh, seek violent vengeance against those responsible for deception or uh, a plausible means of escape. Yeah. Um, it was that whole um, convex earth thing. That really uh, bummed me out that the dude who um, was responsible for the whole thing, like, believed in aliens, it was a whole Belu thing, but I thought that was a pretty good documentary other than them not stating the actual data for the experiment. They just stated that the conclusion was positive for each of the experiments. Kind of bummed out about that. I thought that was like almost the definitive proof. Yeah. Do you think do you think that's real about the whole Belu thing? Or do you think someone created that and then put it out there like the powers of Bimi? I I think that might have been contrived. That might have been controlled. If I was in, uh, I'm thinking that was controlled, something to kind of discredit things. But you know, you got. Uh, in, I'm sorry. In the release of the documentary, or in the release of that whole Belu thing that happened before. Uh, you know what? The Belu thing was there. It was already on the internet from like uh, I want to say 2012 or so. I don't get it though. How did how did none of us see it? I mean, uh, I didn't see deep inside the rabbit hole say anything about you know that until after you know like you and uh, um, ODD and everybody. I mean, ODD was kind of like skeptical about it very much at first, um, like almost like he knew, <laughs> but no one you know stated that before it dropped. Like everybody kind of promoted it at first. So it makes me think, um, was it done intentionally so that, you know, no one knew about, you know, their previous uh, craziness with, I mean, maybe Bulu's real. <laughs> That's a crazy thought, but, I mean, you know, if, if we think about, you know, the ice shore, and uh, if you look at footage from those not like disc-shaped uh video captures, but the ones that look like cylinders, I've seen a bunch of those clips, and it, it seems like a legitimate thing that there are UFOs, and that they're not going up, but they're going, you know, out. Right, right, right. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it could be a matter of that whole uh, situation where people have ideas about uh, there being uh, otherworldly other I suppose influences, beings, influences, you know, at on places in the earth that we as a general public don't 
don't have access to. So, I mean, or it could be another another earth pond, you know, as far as people, you know, subscribing to the infinite plane idea. But I know what you mean. I watched a lot of stuff on UFOs, too. But, you know. Yeah, a lot of that footage looks very real, like very amateur, very unedited. And you see a cylinder appear and then take off. Like I said, never up. Never yeah. once do they go up. Yeah, always away. Always away to another position. You know, like another place on the plane. But, well, there was one that went up, I believe. There was a situation at the Chicago airport, I believe. There was a silver UFO. Uh, one of the, the disc ones? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, I question the disc one, yeah. Yeah, just because that's the status quo, like all the mainstream, you know, sci-fi movies depict the, the disc-shaped one. Yeah. But I'll have to send me a link to that later. I'll look at that video. So all right. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a... Uh, discern with my awoken eyes. <laughs> yeah, it was something that happened in Chicago, and it might it might very well be, um, you know, it might be a setup. There's no telling but you know, like well, the limit of our perspective, I might have gone up first and then. Yeah, I mean, because what one of the things that they said about it going up was that it went straight up and then kind of cut a circular hole in the clouds. So it might have just went up and then went out. You know, we don't know because it was apparently it was a cloudy day, and we can only see so far because the jetliner at thirty thousand feet looks tiny when you look up at it. Yep. Sure. And if it's smaller than that, then I mean, like, do we what's the chance of us even seeing it? Not likely. Yeah. All right. So Mark Sargent's flat Earth clues. Um, they started the doubt. Um, was there one video in particular, or you know, just your own thoughts that? You know, solidified things for you? I mean, what was it that, you know, made it click in your brain that we are being brainwashed, that we're not on a spinning ball in infinite space, that the Earth is indeed flat and stationary? Well, I I, I, I kind of had to put together all the pieces. I had to put together all the pieces. I was like, well, uh, excuse me. Um, so oh, you're good. <laughs> no, I'm just kind of relaxed. Um, woke up early today. But here... The thing is, there are so many different aspects of this thing. Like, okay, the deception. Why would they lie? Um, you know, what agencies would they use? Uh, what have they been covering up? Who are they affiliated with? Um, then there was the proofs. I watched stuff from ODD. I watched GITRH, Rob Steven. You know, they're doing these experiments with the lasers across bodies of water and Okay, yeah, laser, yeah, pretty much measured the same height on the other end, and there should have been X amount of curvature, but that was not existing. So, I mean, just those type of experiments, that kind of locked it in for me. But one thing that really, really, really just, um, you know, tied everything together was remembering when I used to go fishing with my dad. So, you know, we used to wake up like Saturday morning at like, you know, 3.30, 4 in the morning. So we can get up and go fishing while it's still dark and, and it was like fish black. But when the sun would come up, I remember standing on the edge of the shore and 
you know, the bank, the bank of the river because his job was connected to the Arkansas River. I remember we would, you know, it would be early in the morning and the water's really calm and it always looked like glass. It looked like a mirror. So Perfectly reflecting the sky, all the yeah, clouds. Exactly, exactly. And, I mean, the only the only disturbance to the water every now and then would be a fish that would just kind of pop in through some bubbles or something. You know, yeah. that just cause a little ripple. But for the most part, I just spent hours and hours next to this water that looked like a mirror. And I remembered that after I heard about flat earth. I'm like, because water doesn't curve. Because water, the surface of water is always flat. Like, like it hit me like that. Like, water, when it, man, in a glass, in, in a pool, in a tub, man, come on, man. It, like, it snapped, it snapped into, into place for me. And I kind of had this reaction like, all right, you got me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, okay. You, you had me going. You had me going. Okay. I, I really thought it was a ball. If you all show me that bull crap picture of a freaking ball all that time. So, okay. You had me. Good job. Good. You got me. All right, now it's my turn. <laughs> so, you know. So that would lead me to the uh, the next segment here. Um, it was that that clicking that inspired you to start Flat Earth Offensive, or did well, it take a little more research and a little more observation, or was it right then and there that you know you decided that you wanted to speak out against the deception? I joined the ranks of Flat Earthers uh, who wanted to speak out before. Flat Earth offensive, you know, I was just like, okay, I'm going to post about this on Facebook every now and then. I'm just going to put it out there. I want to tell my family about this. I'm going to make some short videos, some short videos with no words, just just these quick little proofs, the things that kind of locked into me, for me, like, you know, if a sun's 93 million miles away, I'm like, what about this pilot that looks like he's flying freaking above the sun, and then he turns the camera around, and there another moon, and he's like flying between the sun and the moon? Get out of here, man. You know, I, I, I see stuff like that and, you know, just, just a, like a few other little proofs, the things that don't make sense on the globe. And I'm like, okay, look, according to the flat earth followers saying that the sun goes around this circle around the North Pole and there's this, uh, this long exposure video following the sun going around what looks like a freaking circle. So that's proof, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I was, like, putting that stuff on, on my page and my Instagram and my um, YouTube, you know, back when I had freaking 15 subscribers. And, uh, you know, I mean, I got no traction, but I was I was still pretty passionate about it, though. So, you know, like, I, I, stopped, I stopped posting as much as I did, and I kind of left my family alone. <laughs> um you know, because, I mean, it's like, they didn't, they didn't say I was crazy or anything. I was just like, no, you're not hearing me. Look, yo, they've been lying to us about this. The earth is flat. They, they say we live on a ball, and they want us to believe that we live on a globe for some reason or another. And I hadn't really given that whole like, point a whole lot of thought. But, yeah, it's amazing how easy it is to win a family dinner by yeah. discussing the shape of the earth. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> or to get fired from your job, which I had that happen to me. Recently, <laughs> you know, and, well, I mean, um, I'm kind of at a position where I'm at a point where where my, you know, my my management they, they already know, you know, because I park my van in the parking lot every day and drive past it 
when they leave or, you know, they know it's out there. They heard somebody talking about it. All right, so who's that? What, what, that's, oh, that's yours. Okay, so you're the flat earther here. All right. For, for the uh, listeners that haven't yet watched any of uh, D. Marble's videos, he's got a van talking about the facts about water and how the earth is 71% water and how it doesn't curve. Like his whole, like, van is basically wrapped with all that. Did you, did you paint that stuff on or did you wrap it? I can't remember. I just used a paint marker and wrote on the windows. So it says, Earth's surface is 71% water. On the next line, bodies of water do not curve. And then the next line, therefore, the Earth is flat. You know, and then in huge capital letters, it says, research flat Earth. And, uh, Can't get any more obvious than that. <laughs> I'm like, guys, hello. You know, I mean, that's one plus one. If, if there was any reason, and, you know, I was talking to some guys today. And they're like, well, what about this? What about that? And they're, of course, they're pointing up. I'm like, dude, look at the terrain. Look at the terrain. I'm like, most of the earth is water. Have you ever seen water curve like that in large quantities? Yeah. yeah. A raindrop. Yeah. You know, a raindrop, bro. What are you talking about? I said bodies of water. And dude said that today. He said a freaking raindrop. I said bodies of water. You have to show you don't know the flipping meaning of bodies of water. I'm talking about lakes, rivers, streams, ponds, puddles, pools, okay, oceans, bodies of water, guy. Bodies of water. <laughs> I had to break that down. Everything is relative, bro. A raindrop is a tiny body of water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so water does curve, see? Uh, I got that, too. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds like you have some experience there. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. man. Um, and, and, you know, and then, of course, we will both go over the culture and they go down, you know, with, uh, with, uh, with uh, the boat first and then the mast right after it. So we went over the curvature. Yeah? Yeah. All right. I'm like, no. Try zooming in. Yeah. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you can zoom right back in on it and pull it back. Dude said, no, you can't. And then I, pulled, then I pulled up a video and showed it to him, and he's still shaking his head no. I'm like, what are you talking about? He just did it. You just said it's going to be done, and I show you a video where somebody did it. He's like, well, well, you know, videos can be manipulated, too, just like data can. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Are you kidding me? I mean, do you think everyone has access? I mean, he, he does have a point, but, I mean, does everyone who posted a video of someone zooming in on a boat that was gone over the supposed curve of the earth, you think all of them have both the means and the ability to do such manipulation? I mean, apparently. Really? It's, it's one of those things that they just don't think. <laughs> I'm like, no. he, didn't really, he didn't really think that was good. He couldn't have thought that was good. I'm like, dude. And it is because there's, there's no thought. It's like uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson himself. You know, the, the leader of the astrophysicist, the most famed one since Einstein. Uh, well, what we do is your brain is an empty vessel, and then we, we pour the science into you. No, that's not the scientific method. Right. Sure, you test, you repeat. Science is never proven. It's only true until you prove it wrong, and you're supposed to keep trying to prove it wrong. That's science. Yeah. Yeah. And what they do now is just 
you know, hey, this is this is the proven science. This is the hard stuff. This is what it is. And we're going to tell you about reality. And if you question it, you're freaking retarded. Sorry if I can't say that on on air. Oh, no, you're good. That's definitely no profanity. Okay, yeah, but, but that's, you know, I mean, they just openly ridicule us because we don't blindly believe these so-called facts coming from these so-called experts. Sorry, guys, Daryl got hungry again. Yeah, I did. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry over here, man. So good. Hey, man, do you want to do this in two segments? We're just over an hour now. We're getting there. All right, here. Get, okay, let's pause it for a second so I can open this thing up. Okay. We can bring the keep rolling. Ah, okay. That's what it's told you. I was trying to be quiet. Ah, it's all good. Oh, okay. Okay, I, I'm done with the package now. All right, cool. We'll keep rolling, man. I'll try to eat quiet. Small bites. Tiny bites. <laughs> okay. Um, where were we? What made you decide to start the Flat Earth Offensive? Was it before or after the famed spirit level experiment? We're going to have you tell us about the spirit level experiment. Okay. So last year in April, I uh, joined a Facebook group. It was around March April conference last year. I joined a group on Facebook. It was my first Flat Earth group that I joined on Facebook. I was so excited to be connected with people that were like-minded, you know, because we've been in this thing kind of isolated. So after dealing with hater after hater after hater after hater, yeah. ad nauseum, right, day after day. So we need some positive input, positive input, but it's got to offset the negative. Necessary. Absolutely necessary. So I, I was in this group and around the same time I was kind of, Watching videos again, I was kind of getting hyped about flat earth because I was actually associated with people that were flat earthers. And, um, you know, I was watching these videos and I just wanted to share stuff that I was learning and pick it up. And so I talked to the guy that at, at my job and we're talking about flat earth and I was going out there like every day, uh, during the, the break and just kind of talking, talking FE with a few of them and a couple of them were giving me a hard time. But anyway. As is the norm. Yeah. It's always giving us a hard time because the indoctrination is so strong that it makes people respond adversely to it whenever you try to show them the truth. Absolutely. So, you know, I'm out here talking to these guys, and uh, one of these days I was talking about things that wouldn't work on the globe. I was like, dude, the sundial wouldn't work on the globe. The gyroscope wouldn't work on the globe. The spirit level wouldn't work on the globe. Compass. A compass. You know, I was military. They told you you have to set your compass, like, level. It has to be flat so you can actually have the, the um, you know, directional pointers balanced perfectly on the pen. You know, so, no, nah, man, you got to be, you got to be level. You got you to gotta hold that compass level. You got to hold it flat at the, at the navel is what we were taught. So I was going over those things that wouldn't work on a globe. And, uh. You know, I, I, me, I like to have props when I'm talking to people. So I, I couldn't go get a gyroscope. I didn't have a compass. But I... Visual aids are huge. Yeah. yeah. You know, that, that makes it, that kind of, that's, that's what locks it in for people. That's how I learned. 
you know, when somebody has props that they can actually pull something out and say, okay, this is what's going on. This is what you're seeing, blah, blah, blah. And the continuing is believing. Yes, exactly. It, 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 it covers more of your five senses. You know, if you can have someone feel something, you can have them see it and hear the information at the same time, then, I mean, that, that, that is more beneficial and more, uh, Dramatic. It's, yeah, it's more dramatic, and it's going to help the whole perpetuation of the message that you're trying to get across to people. If you can, you know, tap more senses while you're uh, spreading the message, literally illustrate it all. Yes. So that was that was how that's how I learned, and that's uh, you know how how this whole thing uh, uh, brought at me, and that's how I said I would like to send things. If I get around to doing it at some point, so you know, uh, there was there was that whole situation. Um, for for Omar, I went went out and bought a spirit lamp. <laughs> uh, was Omar um, one of your coworkers? Out of you? No, no. He he was he was one of the more receptive guys. He was, okay. he was the receptive couple of guys. Uh, so there was there was Omar, there was Ron, and that, that, that was the positive people. There was uh, Soldier B, uh, Mark. He was he was kind of on the fence, and then there was Jake and Kurt, and uh, they were they were the negative, you know. So it was like five guys, two two negative, one on the fence, and then two positive. So equal split. So I felt comfortable, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. um you know, I'd be out there talking to those guys and we'd be talking about things that wouldn't work on the road. And I wouldn't bought a spirit level and I was like, look, man, so if I'm in Tacoma and this, and this level is, you know, the bowl's in the center, it's level here, and then I drive over to Portland, you know, a couple hours away and the bowl is it, still level, I mean, that basically means that the earth is flat. Just think about it, man, because you're saying that gravity's pulling, gravity is what's responsible for pulling a bubble towards the center of a level? It's like, seriously? That's what you believe? It's a lot easier to believe that this is a flat plane and up is up and down is down. That That's more simple to me. I'm a simple guy. Me too. But living on a ball and everywhere you are on this ball, everything's being pulled towards the center uh, over this vast <laughs> expanse of land and water. I'm like, dude, that's, that's way more complicated to imagine. So you're saying that basically there are people that are upside down on the opposite side of this globe. In Australia. Walking around upside down? Are you freaking kidding me? You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah bro, that's why they have drop bears. Yeah, you know? I, I, I'm, in, I'm in Washington, so, you know, there's some guy in, like, Mumbai, India. He's upside down right now. I can call, <laughs> I can call my dude, Jay, and he's upside down. No problem. I don't freaking think so. You know? So, But that's the type of stuff you have to believe with the globe, man. So I'm telling him, I'm like, do a spirit level one won't work on a globe. So and you drove initially, and um, I, I had did they start filming you, or did you decide to start filming yourself and you know, no, putting no, it out for people? No, no, no. I had the idea to drive, but I didn't. I didn't execute that idea because, you know, if I had, uh, like, how was I going to balance the spirit level on the way to Portland? You know, I would have had to mount it to your dashboard somehow. Yeah, I guess so, but I still would have been going over hills and up and down different yeah. explanations in the terrain and all that. I, I didn't be driving across Kansas. 
right. helicopter train. Right. From from Tacoma to Portland is not flat as a pancake. I can tell you that. So, <laughs> um, lots of topographical features. Right. So so I didn't take that route. But I said, you know what? I do have a flight coming up. So if I take a spirit level into the plane and I can put that, you know, I can sit the level to where it's flush and where the bowl is centered, then record a certain distance where we should have to go over a substantial amount of curvature. No, I the plane would have to nose down and yeah. fly off in space. Exactly. Did you, did you get any uh, guff from uh, security at the airport? Did they give you a hard time at all about the spirit level? or they no. Ask you what? no, no. I've never had any problems getting the spirit level through security, actually. Oddly. Obviously, you know. I mean, there. You know, hey, I, I've been fortunate in a lot of things. Uh, I suppose that might be one of them. <laughs> you know. I wonder if they're doing it. I, I wonder if, like, the mainstream narrative, the the powers that be, have made it difficult now. I wonder if I had a like, coming up, if I went to try to put a spirit level. Oh, you know, hey. my, my carry-on bag. If they'd be like, well, you can't fly today. Oh no! Oh no, man! It's good. Take your spirit level on a plane. I, I just got off a plane like last night, you know, like 18 hours ago. I was on a plane coming from Dallas back to SeaTac, and I had my spirit level with me. I always travel with my spirit level, man. <laughs> That's what I do. It's good my, to know. It's good to I'm, know that everything's you. Right? Yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good. And, and you know, every now and then I'll be on a plane. I'll be flying this place or that place. You know, I, I was on the way to Korea, um, you know, a couple months ago. You flew all the way to Korea, and it didn't it didn't move at all, did it? Completely flat. Oh, of course, here to there. <laughs> Great. Of course, you know I just leave it on the tray table, and then I just bend down and look at it. I'm like, still flat. I'm like, nah, man. And we flew over the uh, Pacific Ocean, so you know, we're flying over the ocean. And again, bodies of water don't curve. Water, water, water tends to see its level. You can find its level on the surface is really flat, minus waves and ripples. So, duh, <laughs> you know, like come on, man. They think you must have gotten a lot of uh, haters initially saying that you know uh, Tacoma, Washington, to Portland is too small of a distance to yeah. you know, have the plane dip down or something. But you're talking about flying to Korea. That's a whole other bag of worms. Right, right. And, and well, the, the initial experiment that I did, spirit level, I was flying from, um, from South Carolina to Seattle. So, so I was, I was flying from, you know, flying that distance, and I, that's when I did the experiment, and I, I recorded 23 minutes and 45 seconds of flight. On the A321 Airbus, with the plane I was on, and, uh, cruising speed of that airplane,
but the spirit level didn't register any uh, significant uh, declination around the curvature of the earth, you know? So, you know, like, dude, it's flat. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? That's pretty definitive. I thought um, so. Speaking of which, do you have any theories on how we could definitively prove the actual shape of the Earth? Oh, no. I've, I've kind of quit on that one. <laughs> oh, no. I can't, I can't figure it out. Of. Yeah, I can't figure it out myself. I still got a full-time job, man. I can't, I can't be sitting around thinking about that stuff. Besides, I'm more, I'm more amped up about <laughs> being real with you. I'm more amped up about the fact that we've been lied to, man. Like, this is, this is where we exist. You know, this is what, this, Yo, this is our lives here, okay? We spent our whole lives here on Earth, and you're telling me they're going to they're gonna freaking lie to us about where we're going to exist? This is where we do. You're not going to live anywhere else. This is where you live. This is your home. You don't know where you are, officially. There's you know? no one going to Mars. Elon Musk doesn't know what he's talking about, or he's a liar. It's like a, it's a game that Adam Carolla plays on his podcast. It's called Stupid or Liar, and I don't. I think everyone agrees that Elon Musk is not stupid. Yeah. So what does that leave? He's a freaking liar. So, and that's you know, I'm more, yeah, I'm more uh, uh, jacked up about the, the deception of the whole thing, man. You know, I don't like being lied to. I don't like my friends being lied to. I don't like my family being lied to. I don't like my children being lied to. So, uh, well, I think we need to set the record straight. So I'm going to do what I can to expose that lie. <laughs> you know, that's basically yeah. where you know where I end up. So, after I posted that spirit level experiment video, when it once it started to get some traction, and more people were starting to watch it because it started off. I, I thought it was going to cap out at like 7,500 views. That video has over 1.1 million views now. Wow. And I still get uh, regular insults in the comment section on that video. There's like 5,300 comments on that video. And a vast majority are insults or questions or just you don't know what you're talking about. You don't understand physics. That's not how this works. You're a moron. Don't. Don't reproduce, you know, all kinds God. of nice stuff. So in the early stages when I was still, you know, I didn't have a lot of subscribers to deal with. When I put that video online, I had maybe like, maybe like 28, 27 subscribers, something like that, you know, and uh, all that kind of changed. <laughs> all that changed really quickly. But I probably uh, more so when uh, the mainstream media started attacking you. Yes, that that was that was the yeah <laughs> that was the spark that lit off the powder keg. This whole thing, you know, if they would have just left me alone, then I, I would remain in my obscure position on the internet in the flatter community as just one guy that did an experiment that didn't get any traction. Uh, there, there's actually a lot of there's a lot of really awesome experiments and um you know really cool fruits. Least all his pieces that are, you know, these experiments that take place, and, you know, a lot of good information out there. These people just don't get the recognition that I feel like they deserve. No, I don't know. For the work they do. But, you know, I, I just kind of, I don't know, I just kind of got lucky, you know, that they felt like picking on me. 
they felt like picking on me and doing a story on it and linking, linking my, uh, my, my Twitter posts and, uh, my Facebook and then they linked a video to my YouTube and all. So, you know, once that happened, it went from like 7,500 to like 131,000 overnight. Wow. So, and then the next day, you know, that, the, the next, so it was like, okay, Friday morning, seven, seven, 7,500. By Friday night, it was like 131,000. By Saturday afternoon, it was like 289,000 or some crap. I was like, this thing's going crazy. What the heck's going on, man? But it happened because IFL Science did that, did that article and, you know, linked the video and it got shared a whole lot of times. And people were like, what do you think about that? <laughs> you know? But I was trying to respond to all the questions on Twitter, on Facebook, and on, um, on YouTube in the comment section. So with what that I- sort of response, how did you manage to do that? Like must have been to a very small degree, considering you still have a quote-unquote slave job and you know bills yeah. and responsibility. And well, <laughs> well, by, well, by that time I had already moved out of my girlfriend's place. Um, you know, I, I my, my children don't live with me. That was probably a wise move. Yeah, probably pissing off. Hopefully, I can say piss. Yeah, the show. I'll cut it out if I need to. Uh, you're probably aggravating. The powers that be very much so. So that was probably a very wise move. I commend him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, kind of isolate myself. So I'm like, okay, I'm in this van now and I don't have a whole lot of bills overhead, as it were. I don't have any debt, uh, credit cards and all, student loans. I don't have anything to deal with. Um, so I would get off my job and, uh, you know, Make calls and all that. Still, still building quite about personal relationships and all that. But um, I would, I would get off work and I would take my laptop and I would be sitting at Starbucks for like hours, just typing away, responding, responding to this question, responding to that question. Um, you know, I'll delete this person or I'll block this comment or whatever. I was just, I was like by myself trying to defend. You know, all this time, okay, this tweet, I tweeted this, and now this person's tweeting at me, calling me out and asking me questions about this and that, and I'm like responding to everybody because, you know, I'm like a normal guy, and there's people starting to attack me now, so I'm just trying to defend myself. Yeah. So, so after a while, I started to realize that there's this thing called trolls online. Who <laughs> yeah. how many how many questions you answer or how many um you know, how many messages you respond to, they're just going to keep aggravating you and just keep wasting your time. Just for the thrill of aggravating you and wasting your time. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, just so they can be like, hey, look, I I got blocked by the spirit level guy. Ha, 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 ha. You know, I'm like, what? You know, dude, I'm a regular guy. You you call me an idiot, you call me a moron or something, I'm freaking block you. (laughs) Yeah. Get out of here. Think I'm just going to take that? You know, so uh, as far as the flat earth stuff, they would start to say these things, and then I, I would start to um, kind of respond with a little more attitude, like a little less less regard for their feelings. So I'd say something kind of sarcastic or cheeky or, you know, 
like maybe even call the name, and then I would say hashtag flat earth offensive or hashtag FE offensive. Like, yeah, we can be offensive too. <laughs> you yeah, know? That's right. You know, but after a while, um, I started making videos kind of defending the original spirit level video because they but he would keep asking keep, keep asking the same questions and keep making the same statements. Like one of them was, Why don't you just look out the window and tell me? So I made a video uh from another flight that I had from uh Little Rock to Houston and it was just like a forty five minute video for a forty five minute flight and I recorded the whole thing from takeoff to landing. And I was showing the horizon. I was basically doing like a vocabulary lesson. Okay, we're going to look at the definition of plane. We're going to look at the definition of level. We're going to look at the definition of horizon. You know, and, and I, mean, I went over all of that, you know. So um, that was that was the answer to that. And people saying, well, you wouldn't have to get the nose down because, you know, the earth is um, pulling everything towards center of gravity or whatever. I'm like, well, look. The level was showing that the plane was flying straight. So even if the plane was flying level in the air, if the Earth is curved, then wouldn't that mean that the Earth is curving beneath the airplane? And at some point, the airplane is going to have to dip its nose down. I mean, it's showing that the plane's flying over a flat surface. Like, what do you what do you want? So I, I made a video about that, and you know, I continued the whole flat Earth offensive. Uh, hashtag thing that I was doing by myself because, I mean, this went on for like weeks, like three or four weeks straight. I would get off work and I would just be sitting, sitting somewhere on my laptop or on my cell phone responding to stuff. I was like fighting off trolls by myself for weeks on end. Virtual sword and shield in hand. Yeah. I'm saying I I got my, look, I had my folders together. Chris, I had my folders, um, with different topics. I got a folder called Gravity. I got a folder called NASA. One called Sun and Moon. One called Curve Buster. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm like, I, I had my stuff laid out. So I was equipped by yeah. a soldier. Yeah. I was in there with memes. I had some program responses on my uh, keyboard so I could hit one, two, three, and it would say this statement. Or I could hit nine, one, one, and it would hit this statement or something like that, you know? So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, um, like if, if they were saying something about gravity, I was just typing GRA, and this statement would pop up that I'd already pre-programmed. I mean, stuff like that. Because I, I was by myself. gravity is real, how do yeah. birds fly? Yeah, uh, you know, you don't know about lift versus drag, bro. You know? <laughs> <laughs> do you even know about inertia and acceleration? I mean, seriously, how stupid are you? Gosh. I know that there's lots of inertia that I can actually feel. Like when I take a turn, I'm going 10 miles an hour faster than the suggested speed limit. I can feel myself getting pulled to the other side of the car. Right. I don't feel the 1,000-mile-an-hour spin. No, no, no. It's gravity. And and then there's the the atmosphere that's magically velcroed to the surface of the Earth, and it just wraps around the ball. Uh, everything's being pulled towards the center of mass and gravity. Yeah. Okay. And it can okay. magically uh, affect the, the bodies of water, the oceans, and make them curve to a ball. Yep. Yet everything in the ocean can still swim around unaffected. Yep. <laughs> and, and it can hold down those trillions and trillions of uh, tons of water on the underside of the spinning ball. 
because it's that strong, and yet there's butterflies and birds, smoke, dust, mist, you know, all that stuff just floats around with no problem. Oh, and, and toddlers are more powerful than the mighty gravity. They're stronger than the forces of the oceans and bodies of water, even at a young age, because we are able to jump. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Babies defy gravity all the time. I mean, gravity gravity is weak, dude. <laughs> it's the weakest force ever. But, you know, I don't know, man. It's like that. that's, that's, their, that's their God. That's their go-to. You know, if they got you with the Gravity, man. Don't you know about gravity? You ever heard about gravity, dude? It's it's so magical. Look, it causes these planets to orbit around the sun, although the sun's gravitational pull should be stronger than the Earth's, but the sun never takes the moon away. I mean, you know, uh, it, 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 it causes stuff to orbit in space, but, but it causes everything to be pulled towards the surface out here. Oh, and it's always also responsible for the atmosphere some way or another. I'm like, dude, what? Come on, man. Gravity. Really. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous kind of thing, okay? But, you know, I, I was, it, the, the whole idea of flat earth defenses, it kind of changed, changed meaning to me. Because, you know, I, I was saying, like, uh, we're constantly being questioned. And I'm a major believer in the idea that whoever's asking questions in a conversation is the one that's in charge of the conversation. Uh, and as a means of, or uh, as a result of being constantly questioned, that puts up in, us in a defensive posture. So that's how that's how I saw my conversations going, and how most of the you know, flat earthers that I would see online also how their conversations goes. Like, we're constantly answering questions, so we're, so we're always on the defensive. So my, the idea about flat-earth offenses is to kind of put the shoe on the other foot. We start asking them questions about their model, about what they do. We look at the science behind it, so-called science behind it. Pseudoscience. Yeah, the, the pseudoscience, absolutely, that's what I would need. Pseudoscience. We look at the pseudoscience that explains the globe model, and then we break that down, you know, in a common sense level. Like, dude, come on. Really? Every time you pour water on a ball, doesn't it just roll off to the bottom? Sure like, does. Uh, so every time, every time you're moving, like, I don't know, 20 miles per hour, 50, 100 miles per hour, you usually feel it, right? Yeah, I mean, there's usually some kind of motion. So, so you're telling me that you can move beyond Mach 1 and you don't feel it? Is that really, dude? Really? No, because we live and breathe and use the bathroom in and sleep at that speed. So since it doesn't change, we can't feel it. Um, man, dude, that is like the dumbest crap I can hear somebody say. It's like, so you're saying that we're all spinning over a thousand miles per hour, but everything on Earth just got used to it. We all just got used to it. Well, it's the relative speed of the Earth, so, you know, everything's moving at that speed, so it's like nothing's moving at that speed. How about nothing is moving at that speed? How about we just do that? How about that? How about nothing moving? Up is up, down is down, or it's a stationary. I mean, seriously, it's, it's a lot easier to believe. It's a, it's a, it makes more sense. But, uh, it does once you can 
get people to look past their indoctrination. You know, I remember the very first day of kindergarten. We took roll call, and then the very first thing that was said to me was I was shown a globe, and I was told that this is where we live, and I, they pointed to um, North America and then the part of North America where New York State was, and uh, I'm originally from upstate New York, and uh, the teacher told us that this is where we live, and then she spun the globe, and she said, we're all spinning right now just like this. I got vertigo immediately. I have a very strong memory of it almost throwing up. The first time I was told that we're spinning, that was the adverse reaction I had. I never thought anything of it again until I discovered, you know, the, the sickest, most wicked deception of all time, you know, the whole globe, earth, spinning ball fantasy that we're taught. It's like, it's like my soul knew that this is something sick, so you're going to feel sick. But if, if they hadn't taught us that immediately, like, I mean, pretty much as soon as we're having social interactions, I mean, those of us that weren't brought to preschool and whatnot, I mean, other than with family, that's the first really sort of social interaction you're given. As soon as you're put in that environment, the very first thing they tell you is that you're on a spinning ball and in, in outer space. If I think if that wasn't the very first nugget of indoctrination they hit you with, that there's no way we would believe it. Like, if they tried to tell you as a junior in high school, I mean, I was still incredibly dumb, like, I would say I didn't wake up to what was going on. I mean, even Sam's the whole flatter of reality until I was about 32 or 33. But I feel like even, you know, dumb as I was, like as a freshman or sophomore, let alone junior year, there's no way I would have bought into all this. Like, it's, it's really sinister that they feel like they have to tell us that nonsense at such an early age. We, we know of nothing else except for scribbling on pictures of crayons at that point. And that, that's, that's what happens like after this, that stuff while we're still children is if you allow people to grow up, live their lives, and experience this earth the way that we all do, you know, and then you come to someone at 30 and tell them, oh, by the way, the earth is spinning. What? Yeah, the earth is spinning. We're actually spinning around the sun. No, we're not. <laughs> No, no, really. No, really. We're, we're orbiting around the sun. The Earth is spinning over a thousand miles per hour and we're moving around the sun right now. Get, dude, get out of my face. I mean, you would sound like a crazy person trying to, um, you know, convince them of the globe as an adult that has experienced this world. Because our experience tells us that the Earth is back to the our, our, our visual, uh, information that we collect through our eyes. <laughs> I mean, when we look up in the sky, Okay, you go outside of your job and you see the sun was over there in the morning. You come out in the evening, you see where the sun is over there. You conclude, oh, I don't feel like I'm moving, so that means that the sun's moving. You know, it, 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 this is simple stuff, but it's just based on our five senses. If we can get back to that and just trust our senses that we were born with, so, then perhaps we can get a better grip on it. No, hopefully. It doesn't help, though, that we've got uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, his latest little uh, 
seminar that he gave, the very first thing that he says is, you cannot trust your senses. very oh, first thing that he says, oh, I swear, that's the start of the whole presentation. I turned it off immediately. I mean, I knew it was a lie, and I wanted to get some talking points, but that first statement was adverse enough to me, offensive enough to me for me to be like, no, I can't even get yeah. started. I was hoping to get some juicy nuggets out of watching the presentation because it was after my awakening. But it's just the first little bit of that. Like, it's amazing. Like, it's it's harder to enjoy any sort of entertainment that relies on any of those lies as a premise for the storyline. Like, I can't play Halo anymore. <laughs> I can't get into that. Yeah. Like, I... I mean, there's some there's something to the pyramids here. So I tried to get into Graham Hancock's book, uh, Fingerprints of the Gods, and he's talking about, well, you have to understand the Earth is a sphere, and you have to have spherical geometry. I, I turned it off. I, I need to, like, you know, send that message to Audible saying I don't like the book. I get my credit back and get the latest Stephen King book instead. It's amazing, like, how having woken up like it, it kind of ruins things a little bit that's one downside i mean yeah. everybody needs to wake up but like i feel like any kind of space movie like alien covenant like i'd seen the previews to it like around the time i was starting to wake up and then it came out and I had no interest in watching it whatsoever right is anything to do with space travel or anything like that i know it's nonsense you know, even though it's fantasy, I can't even latch on to it long enough to be immersed by it. And that's one of the things I preach on my show is, you know, take some time, disconnect, you know, get immersed in some art and some fiction, you know, because it's, it's beneficial to the soul, you know, to forget about, you know, all your worries in life, you know, just for a little bit. But, like, that's one medium where I just, I can't, like, it's like reverse triggering. It's like exactly... You know, when I was still an indoctrinated globe zombie, you know, the exact opposite action. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. I, I could I couldn't really enjoy Infinity War. Infinity War. Um, my daughter asked me. Uh, I was like, oh my. You sound a little far away. Oh well, here, hold on. Uh, that's better now. You're clearer now. Okay. Um, so I, I went to go see Infinity War with my daughter, and, uh, <laughs> I was sad I couldn't get into it, man. I'm like, oh, I start off in space, and, uh, okay, uh, I don't want to get details, but, you know, there was one point where, um, you know, this guy was talking about how the gravity is off on this planet, and I was like, man, <laughs> they got to squeeze this crap in here. Uh, Doctor Strange is like, well, here, let me see, uh, where in the world could this be happening? He was off like this magical globe. I'm like, ah, <laughs> it's like I could see, I could see all the indoctrination on that and kind of distracted. So I, oh, it, it does, you know, being awake, it, it kind of messes things up. symbolism. So I am just, so glad that you mentioned that because I was thinking about going and seeing that. I saw a Deadpool. Uh, oh last night, which was fantastic. Okay. Definitely, definitely watch Deadpool. None of that sort of nonsense involved. Oh, good. Oh, uh, good. But, yeah, thanks for letting me know not to watch Infinity War, at least not, you know, in the theater. I might watch it yeah. when it's on Netflix or something. That way, yeah. if it's 
offensive to me. I can just turn it off at no cost to me. Right. You're getting far off again. You did for a second there. Did you like drive somewhere else, or you got like first reception? Well, no, I got I got the fan on. Ah, that might that might be it, but and it might be picking up on the background. It's like it's like you're kind of cutting in and out, like every now and again, not like repetitive. Okay. All right. How about now? Are we a little better? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll pick it up on the background. All right. So you don't want to touch on the shape of the Earth or how we find that out or how we go and explore Antarctica. No, like, that's not my thing. That's not my priority. My thing is... I got to get Sharon on here. Maybe he'll uh, he'll get out of that. maybe, Maybe. My thing is, hey, look, we're still in this system where we are governed by criminals. The Matrix in real life. Yeah, like the world is run by criminals right now. If we don't acknowledge that, you know, it doesn't matter what the shape is. I mean, we're just going to continue getting screwed over by these criminals. But we've got to find some kind of way to get ourselves free. And, I mean, all information will come with that freedom. You know, the Vatican Archive, that will be open to the public. Now, it's going to take freaking 50 years to get all the information out to the people because, I mean, come on, man. They don't burn it when we yeah. force them to reveal it. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, like all Like that. the Library of Ant- Alexandria? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Homes yeah. of knowledge gone. Right, like they just don't want us to know what happened in the past. They just don't, they just want us to be disconnected uh, spiritually from, from the earth. And, you know, I just feel like if we're free, then we'll have the 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 technology, we'll have the will, and we'll have the freedom to go explore these places so we can actually try out what this place really is, you know? Undo that retarded Antarctic Treaty. Yeah, you know, let's 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 get rid of that and see what's going on out there. And I have to, uh, you know, take intention with that term retarded, and I mean it like literally, like as it's defined, it's slowing us down. Yeah. It's slowing down progress. So it is retarded. Right. It is. It is. I agree. You know, we, we can't move forward without all the information. You know, and yeah. it doesn't matter if we know a whole bunch of stuff, if we're still kind of in this sort of bondage that we're in. You know, having to get up and go slave away at these jobs and, you know, you owe this person that and you can't grow your own food because of this, and the government is just out of control. I mean, we can't. Yeah. In certain states, you can't even collect your own rainwater. Yeah. You know, that's the property of the state, and you will be fine. What? Like, come on, man. This falls out of the sky. <laughs> yeah. And they're trying to, re- and they're regulating that? Like, these guys, that's when you know these guys are out of control. But, oh, uh, yeah. I guess it bugs me sometimes because a lot of the population doesn't see it, you know? And it's just simple stuff like this. Look, okay, I, I just used the example. Okay, um, it's been basically proven in multiple reviews, all kinds of different studies, that alcohol has a negative effect. 
Yeah, that's a big Long-term health-wise. Yeah, long-term health-wise. Uh, Easy to overdose on, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, alcohol poisoning, women that are pregnant, they shouldn't consume. You know, you can get liver damage. Fetal uh, alcohol syndrome, yeah. Yeah. Cirrhosis. You know, and, and then let's talk about the, the stuff that happens as far as physical. I mean, you, you're, you're a worst friend. You become a worst husband. You, you know, we've all heard that story about the, the dad or the uncle that goes to the bar after work. It's all sloppy drunk and then drives home, beats on his wife and kids. We've all heard He doesn't that. get a DUI on the way back and ruin his whole life. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we know alcohol has an adverse effect on the population in general. But that's promoted. In heavily. Yeah, it's heavily promoted every day. Okay, so there, there's alcohol, tobacco. You know, we know that has negative effects. Interesting, you know, heart disease, lung cancer, and all that good stuff. I finally cut back on that. Yeah. Like, I remember it was, like, up until, like, the early 90s, you'd, you'd still see ads for Newport cigarettes in magazines. Yeah. I I didn't even know that was cut back. I don't know if they just kept going. I well, I mean, I don't read magazines anymore. We got the internet now, so I mean, you may be right; it may still be there, but I couldn't tell you the last time I looked at a magazine. And even yeah. when you're like in a waiting room at a doctor's office, you see like the magazines on the table, but you don't open them. You got your phone right there. Right. Exactly. Not that that's you know necessarily better. I mean, there's good information to be obtained, but the fact that we're addicted to these devices and the fact that you know they trigger endorphins in us is another suspect thing, but I mean, it's the only way to really like get to the truth sometimes and to shut off the indoctrination. So it's both a, a good and a bad thing. Sure. Sure. Sorry, I, I throw a lot of tangents out there and you're doing a great job in this interview, by the way, of, uh, you know, helping us to stay on topic and, uh, yeah, no problem. All right. So, you know, what, do you have like any, I mean, you've done some experiments, obviously, with the spirit level. I mean, is there any more experimentation you're going to do, you know, to prove to help people wake up to the lie, since that seems to be the focus point, and it's a good one. Um, there's going to have to be several wings of this thing to really, like, get it to take off. But the reason I asked, we'll go back to, again, with the tangents again, I'm so bad about this. But uh, the reason that I asked about, like, how we determine the shape of the earth, there's a lot of people that are teetering on the edge of coming over to the flat earth. And we've got all this debate now with, you know, people like Darren Nesbitt talking about, you know, the whole Pac-Man idea. (laughs) Right. There's, there's the, uh, as a muscle equidistant map. And then there's, um, the, the formerly the, the flat earth, um, donkey hole. on mainstream radio. Like, I know you folks understand what I'm trying to say. He's he's just what is his name now? Just Jake. The uh, oh, he's just Jake the Donkey Hole. He used oh, to be the Flat Earth Donkey Hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he he went off about like you know the map being wrong and you know how the sun couldn't possibly be here and there at the same time. Um, but I mean, like I said, there's a lot of folks that I talk to that are on the fence, and the fact that we can't collaborate as flat earthers and, you know, demonstrate some sort of like real working model as to where we're at. I mean, Darren did a pretty good job in his last presentation, but I mean, it kind of hurt my brain to think about the whole fourth dimension and like, 
how like seamlessly we're on East Coast and then we're just on the West Coast and like we don't notice any difference. We're just there. Yeah. Like that whole thing, it just seemed alien to me. Um, I mean, for a, for the longest time, I mean, since waking up, I thought like the AE map was like gold. That like we could, you know, take the Gleason's map and go. You and I could go use it and sail the world, you know, accurately. But it appears that that's not the case. Yeah. But like I said, I mean, it, it is important. I mean. The first stage is creating that doubt to get people to look at it, but I'm going to have to have some more interviews with other folks in the movement to, to discuss the, the map at length because that's it, it seems to be, to be the sticking point now. Like, I mean, a lot of folks, I'm able to wake them up with just directing them to ODB's 21 questions, like after answering their immediate questions, and immediately they're laughing at me, and there's a bunch of ridicule, and I'll defend myself, and I'll defend all my points of following. They're like, well, can you concisely explain this? I'm like, I can, but there's someone who did it better. Just go look up A Stranger's Guide to Flat Earth, Odd Realities 21 Questions, check that out. But again, that's still heavily on the as a multi-equidistant map, and they dig in a little bit further. I'm like, what about this? Like I said, that's the real sticking point now, as far as I'm concerned, um, with you know a lot of the folks. But definitely, your wing, if we're looking at this like armed forces, your wing is to you know expose the deception and disprove the globe, and it's very important. And you're doing a great job of it. So thank you for your work in that regard. So uh, so back to that again. Do you have any more plans to further your cause in this or uh, experiment? Any other proofs that you could come up with to sort of solidify things? Well, um, next thing I'd like to do is the last summer solstice. Honestly, um, I'd like to uh, kind of track the sun uh, either going straight across the sky and teleporting. <laughs> or I like Pac-Man to, style. Yeah, Pac-Man style. Or I like to see it going in a circle over my head. You know, so I, uh, you know, I need to, I honestly need to order a new camera. But I, I really don't need one. I, I do need, need to replace my P900, but the one I have right now, um, I have dropped it and, uh, that super zoom, that's gone. It, oh. it gets really blurry now, so I can't get a good zoom in. There's no warranty on it? Have you tried uh, contacting Nikon? Nah. See if you could service it? Well, you know, it might be cheaper for me to just get another camera. But I, I took it to a repair shop and was like, well, we could send it to Nikon. Or you could send it. But then they're going to say, um, you know, this is this is what we found and this is how this is going to cost. It's just like $300. And I might as well go ahead I'm going to you 150 just with a new camera. Oh, they're only 450 now? Like when I was yeah. looking at before, they were like five. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I found I found one for like 450. Now it's 450, and I got the case. And stuff, so. The camera itself is like 450. Do you have uh, a GoFundMe or no. a Patreon set up for that excursion? Nope. 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 Is you plan on it or no? No, it's all out of pocket. Oh. No, I won't be asking people for money. <laughs> Fair enough. If, if people want to donate, then that's fine, but I'm not going to be, hey guys, well, I kind of need to collect this, but I can do that. No, I'm not, I'm not good with, uh, with that stuff, so. Yeah, me either. 
I, I haven't even tried. Besides, I mean, there are people who are already waiting in the wings to say, ah, look at him. He's a charlatan. He's just going to take your money and run. He's a fraud, I tell you. Uh, you know, I already get enough of that without asking anybody for money. So, yeah. Fair enough. I'm like, nah, I'm good. I, I need to yeah. stuff out of pocket. I already got my ticket to go. I got the little, um, you know, uh, tripod mount that goes uh, in 360 degrees. Nope. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this from you. That's great that you're all set up to go ahead and take that trip. Like me, like I... Doing what I'm doing to pay the bills right now, um, aside from radio show and a podcast, which uh, aren't paying all the bills yet, um, I needed a new car, so I just bought a 2017 Jeep. So I'm very much stuck. So if I were to go and do an experiment like that, I'd need something to kind of cover my expenses while I'm away doing that, not so much the trip. So that's... How I looked at things. I don't want to, you know, shed a bad light or anything by saying that one should use Patreon or a GoFundMe for that sort of research. And I don't think that 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 approach makes anybody a shill or a charlatan. You know, I mean, yeah. we we all have our responsibilities that we need to meet. Um, I mean, some folks are better off than others, and you know, they have means to escape their temporary reality to. Uh, all these experiments, and I'm really glad that you did. But I just wanted to elaborate on uh, asking that question and the suggestion. Really, like if I if I personally were to do something like that, I would need some sort of backing. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I mean, not to turn a profit, just so I could maintain. Yeah. Oh, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, you know, I, I haven't. I, I may set one up later. I may not. There's no selling right now. It is. I have a job, you know. I have a job and I don't pay rent, so I'm I'm cool right now as far as. Uh, oh, did someone just like drive by and something supercharged? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounded cool, right? Uh, that's a good spot to be in. To to have no rent, that would. I mean, man, if I had that, I could put money aside, but. I don't, yeah. think lady, I don't think the lady would settle for sleeping in the Jeep with me. <laughs> I don't think that would go over well at all. No, nah, man, you got to get a van, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we tried the van just uh, a one-night you know, trip to the beach. We're, we're about three hours away from the beach if there's no ridiculous traffic, and we just did it one night, and she's not having it again. It was like she was all paranoid about running the car. She's thinking it's going to overheat. I'm like, no, a car is not supposed to ever overheat. You just got to worry about your gas, you know, let the air run. It's summertime. She kept turning the car off so we get hot and wake up. It was just, it was a nightmare. Actually, I woke up because I had a nightmare that the gas station attendant, because we, we didn't really scope out the area ahead of time. There was no real pre-planning. We just found a gas station that wasn't far from the beach, like a 7-Eleven or something. We parked behind it. I had this dream that the attendant, the female attendant, just opened my sliding door, punched me in the face, and then closed the door again. <laughs> I literally woke up from that. It was the weirdest thing. I was like, oh, God. I think in reality, Heather probably, like, aggravatedly rolled over and elbowed me in the face or something. <laughs> my brain just connected those things and made that happen. But, I mean, 
But you got the setup, man. Maybe maybe that's what I need to do is like get Heather into a comfy spot where she can sleep, you know, at a, a lesser rate, you know, than where we're staying. And like me myself sleep in the Jeep, try to get ahead. But we're kind of speaking of ideas. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it's, it's all about uh, trying to find uh, that was comfort that you can build it up to. And then, you know, somewhere where maybe she can lower her <laughs> levels of comfort necessity and all that. Maybe be somewhere in the middle. But yeah. Good idea. Good food for thought. Next conversation when she's in a good timing is everything. The lady yeah. out front. Yes, of course. Uh, okay. So, so nice to have No, Okay. Anyway. What are, what are your plans for the future besides um, the trip to Alaska, which I'm really excited about? I can't wait to watch the subsequent videos. Well, um, you know, I'll be speaking at the Flatless uh, Conference in Canada coming up in August. And, um, you know, uh, again at the uh, Flat Earth International Conference in Denver this year. Hosted by Robbie Davidson. You know, that's that's about it for now, you know. Um, I got a hot air balloon ride that I'm going to be doing at some point. Um, you know, it's, it's scheduled for uh, this Sunday, uh, 26th, but I don't know. Excellent. There's no selling. There's no selling. Um, there might be bad weather, just like last time, because I was thinking it was going to be a good day for it. I, I wonder if they'll do that on purpose. I wonder if they'll use harp make the weather bad on purpose for you so you can't take your hot air balloon flight. You know what? I appreciate you holding me in such high regard that you think they were calling out military operations just to hamper my exposing the flat horizon at 5,000. I appreciate that. No problem. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, you've been noticed. Uh, it would seem... Pretty obvious that you have been noticed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it certainly seems that way. Um, yeah, there's people in Hollywood who know me. That's what I've heard anyway. I can't, can't reveal my source or names, but yeah, there's some closet flat earthers in Hollywood. A couple watch my stuff. <laughs> I wish they would come out. Pretty they risk way. everything. We, yeah. we need to find, we need to enlighten like those that are like Tom Cruise level without the Scientology remnant behind. Right. And like somebody who's well off enough, like a Brad Pitt or somebody who like, if they can't work in Hollywood anymore, it doesn't really matter because they're already set. Yeah. You know, to come out and do some work. Come on, Mel Gibson. Brad Pitt. Yeah. I know they know. I know they know. You know. <laughs> hey, I mean, this is bad. Johnny Depp. That guy probably knows. I mean, well, I don't know. That, that's part of the area, and that was probably a bunch of CGI. But he did spend a lot of time at a bunch of, bunch of beaches, apparently. And yeah. Yeah. A lot of flat horizons to witness there. I mean, come on. Who goes to the beach, and they're like, yeah, I think the Earth is small. I can't even think that anymore. I'm like, dude, there's no dude. What? Okay, it's going from side to side. It's flat. It's flat from right to left when you look at it. So if it's flat from right to left when you look at it, you know, what makes you think that 
you can look out away from it and it curves away from you, but it doesn't curve when you look out to the left or right. I mean, come on, man, that, what? But, you know, that, that's what people would say, well, you're, you're merely an ant on this whole huge earth and you don't understand how small you really are. So you wouldn't really perceive any curvature ever because the earth is so big and you're just so small. Yeah, but the height makes us huge. Right. Right. You know, like, that's the indoctrination stuff. What is the um, perspective that makes the sky look curved when it actually isn't? Like, when you look up at the sky, like, the angle of your perspective, like, makes it look like the earth is curved. At least the sky is curved. Like the land is flat and that we live in a dome-enclosed world. I mean, that's what the sky looks like to me and most of the people that, you know, they raise that in the globe's defense. Well, if you look up at the sky, it's curved. There's like some some kind of way that our uh, perspective works, and there's like a rule for it. Just I can't find the word that I'm looking for, angular perspective, something. And that sounds about right, but I kind of, looking at it like our vision is kind of like a cone shape. You know? Triangular. Something like that. Something like that. And, and, it, and it all goes into uh, this point in, out in the distance. The furthest away that you can look, like when you look out on the horizon, whether you're looking right in front of you, you turn your head at an angle and you look out to the left. The furthest you can see away, it, it's like everything's going into the vanishing point from that that you look out of your eyes uh, regardless of where you are. That's why, like, you're in a long hallway. And it looks like the ceiling is kind of coming down. It looks like the walls are coming in. It looks like the ground is coming up. But then the lights are going towards the center of your point of view. Yeah. It's like the lights are are going inward and seeming to set over the curvature of the hallway. But you know the hallway is flat when you can. Because you can start walking down the hallway see the other end, and you're like, well, wait a minute, it's, what are my eyes doing? Your eyes, are, that's just the way your eyes work. It's a law of perspective. That's how that works, you know? And, and that's like one of the simplest things to explain to people. Like, dude, have you ever been in a really long hallway? I mean, here, stand up. Here. People drive. People that drive on a freeway, you've never driven on a long straightaway on a freeway and actually looked out and saw how the yellow lines that you are driving within seem tend to look like they're curving inward towards each other at a distance. You guys notice that? You know? So if that's lines that you're driving on on the bottom all curving into this one point, and you know that down the road there those yellow lines are like eight feet apart. You know they're eight feet apart, but you look down there and it looks like they're just they're connecting. But you know that they're not. Yeah. It, but that's but that but you have to think about that. Okay, so that's the ones you're driving on. That's the ones you're on top of. Now think about the lines that are on the right. Think about the lines that are on the left. Think about any lines that are potentially above your head, and understand that everything at a distance goes into the vanishing point. The further away something gets from you, the smaller it becomes, and the more it shrinks into the point of where you just can't see it. Anymore. And that's why that's that. But that has been described to people as the curvature. That's that's what people have been 
brainwashed to believe is their evidence of curvature on the earth is that they haven't worked out how their eyes function. All right. <laughs> you are listening to True Fiction Radio on WDRB Media. We're back with Daryl D. Marble, the flatter at the fences on YouTube. Uh, Daryl, how can those of us who believe that we don't live on a spinning ball help undo the indoctrination of others? Well, it's just a matter of, you know, just sharing the information. You know, it's like everybody has their part, and every voice is important. So, I mean, whatever you can do, just do that. You know, whatever you can get away with without ruffling too many feathers, or if you if you can, if you can't ruffle some feathers, you can't piss some people off. Whatever, do it. You know, we need to get just to try not to get fired from your jobs, folks. Yeah, it can't happen. I mean, it could be something as small as taking a pack of little square sticky notes and writing research flat earth and just sticking them in different places while you're out and about. Go to the bank, you do withdraw, you leave one of those little sticky notes right next to the window that you were in. So the next person that comes in, they look down, like, research flat earth. And you, if that's all you do, if you go out to eat and they bring you your ticket and you give your tip and then you just write on the, um, the, the waiter's copy, you know, the service copy, research flat earth, or, you know, 200 proofs, or, you know, by Eric Dubay or whatever, flat earth clues, Mark Sargent, whatever. You can write whatever you want on here. If, if that's all you do, then, you know, you're doing the best that you can to get the information out and spark more thought. If you can post videos, then post videos. If you want to post on your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, then do that. If you can make YouTube videos and do live streams and do panels, if you can do music, if, if you can do art, if, you know, I've seen um, these, these, you know, elaborate uh, spray paintings. You know, they'll like tag the side of a train. There's flat earth on the side of it, you know. I mean, things like that. Just getting the word out, you know. If you can take a paint marker and scribble on the windows of your vehicle, <laughs> you know, some flat earth stuff, and do that. But the, that's, that's the important thing that anybody can because it's like the, a person's heart and mind changes when they figure this out. Because we, by virtue of believing in the globe model, uh, instinctively, you know, as a byproduct, we believe that there are other planets that we could inhabit. But once you realize that the Earth is all there is, like this is it. Everything that goes on goes on here. There's not another planet for us to be able to go to. So we need to take care of the plane itself, you know, we need to take care of Earth. We need to take care of each other. So you have to cooperate here. There, like I said, there's nowhere else to go. You know, I mean, it, it, it kind of fosters a sense of compassion and uh, gets back, gets people back to like a, a greater sense of human decency. Honestly, you know, and, and I'm not saying everybody that believes on the globe is like this, but. Man, when, when you come into contact with people who believe in the globe still and you just tell them to trust their senses and you tell them a little bit about that earth and they attack you viciously just for saying, have you thought about this? You know, they'll, they'll, they'll say all these evil things to you. Just mean things. Hey, don't, you know, go kill yourself. Oh, good. 
every now and then I'll get a message, something like, uh, oh, good. It'll be like one of my videos about meetups, and they'll say, oh, it's good that you guys get together from time to time. That will make the calling easier. The calling, like you're, I'm sorry, are you condoning mass genocide of flat earthers? Is that what you're saying right now? Really? So if you take out all the flat earthers, the only people that are going to be left is people who condone mass genocide. Like what kind of world would that be? Think about it. Scary one. Think about it. Violent one. One I don't really want to be a part of. Yeah, I mean, because I don't know a lot of flat earthers who condone genocide. Honestly. No. And say I, I know any. I may, uh, there you go. And I, I'm, I was being generous. I was like, there might be a few out there, but I don't know. You know. So, so. Yeah, once you realize that all life on this plane has value and that it is important, you feel like it's very important to not take said life. Yeah. On any level. Right. We, we place a higher value on existence amongst ourselves. So that's, you know, that's kind of my thing. You know, and, and I find that flat earthers are those types of people to have that care and compassion for their fellow human beings and wouldn't say something like, you need to go kill yourself because you believe something different than what I believe. You know? Yeah, it's, it's that that level of uh, indoctrination that just questions their entire reality, so they just get really upset whenever you attempt to overthrow all their previous conceptualizations of what they think they know. Yep. Like I said, I've talked to people, and I, I'm not like, a giant dude, but I ain't no small dude by any, like, stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. Like, to the average man, I'm significantly bigger. And uh I've made, like, much smaller dudes want to fight me just by questioning the, uh you know, their, their belief system, their, you know, devout scientism. Like, they'll totally disregard the fact. I mean, I wouldn't go up to the mountain because he said... The Earth is a globe. I wouldn't want to fight the mountain, you know. I've yeah. had like dudes that, like, on a scale, you know, similarly would be almost that sort of comparison. Me against the the mountain, I want to throw hands just because, you know, I suggest something different than what they were brainwashed with. It's scary. It really is. Like, I don't even consider the that. level of rage that. You know, this can sort of, you know, cause. I mean, like, like I said, the job that I got fired from, like the, the owner of the business is my best friend and the, the store manager is another of my best friends. And it was to that extent that they would get that enraged to where the owner wouldn't step in. The owner didn't agree with the decision for me to be let go. And uh, the manager actually made the decision to go ahead and fire me just for, you know, talking about it. You know, I mean, I did discuss it with some customers and they did get mad. I mean, that was kind of my fault. It should have been much more subtle in my approach to it. But I was overwhelmed by the fact that, you know, this is a brainwashing, you know, reality that, you know, we've all been a part of as the biggest deception, you know, in human history, literally the biggest ever, 
and I felt strongly about it. And if they had just like shown me like, Hey, you know, don't talk about this with customers. You want to talk about it with us? Cool. Whatever. We don't believe it. We think you're insane. Just to instantly fire somebody for one customer getting mad. I mean, talking about something like that. It was crazy. And it really like messed me up. Cause I mean, I'm not a rich dude. I didn't have a radio show back then. You know, it was, that was my, my source of income. I mean, a really dark spot. But, uh, you live and you learn, I guess. And, uh, like, I really like the way that you describe that to people, you know, like, sometimes, remember when you're, you're at your, your prospective jobs, you, you hear what Daryl and I are talking about, you do your research and you feel the same way that we do, that we have been lied to, that this is the biggest deception in human history, that we don't live on a spinning ball. Just be careful of where and when you discuss it and, you know, if you can do the the non-direct approach, the little notes, the little suggestions, that's probably the best way, honestly. So you avoid altercations that could get you to lose your livelihood, to put you in a really scary, precarious position. True. All right. Got to be careful. Most definitely. All right. Do you have a closing message? For uh, our listeners, no. I mean, the whole thing is we're not just doing this to, you know, become famous or to make money or to, you know, just uh, for whatever, whatever political reasons there might be. The genuine reason talking about this, for spreading this information is for the future. You know, like I was saying, we have to take care of our world. We have to take care of this earth because there is not anywhere else to go. We, it, it, you know, becoming um, someone that's open to this, or I find that people that are open they're, you know, all the really caring, compassionate, they're, they're generous, they're, they're, they're humble, they're, they're just really good people. Good people end up doing this. People who weren't all that, all that nice and generous, compassionate, and all that, they they kind of develop that as they awaken to this, because it it kind of has a way of returning people to a greater sense of humanity and putting value on the lives of others. So it's important for us to share this message, you know, if if not for any other reason, and there are many reasons to do it, but just for that, because better perspective and you know more more compassion in the world and make the world a better place because I mean it's more of us than there are of them them being the so-called elite the powers that shouldn't be Jesuits Freemasons yeah those guys you know there are a lot more of us than there are them if we can figure this out and we just you know kind of step away from the system or the way that we operate within the system like, if this is, if it's, like, blatantly wrong, if it's, you know, I mean, you know, just kind of walk We can start it. saying no. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and stop doing, stop doing what, um, uh, I don't the know. evil puppet masters would have us do. Yeah. Stop being their pawns in this nasty chess game. Yeah, just kind of doing, doing the right thing. Doing the right thing. You know, um, like, like thinking of, 
the end result instead of immediate gain, right? Yeah, I'm thinking of, like, the soldiers. I'm thinking about, like, the police officers and all that. Because when this whole New World Order thing rolls out, it's going to be them who are enforcing the policies of these people. You know, they're going to be the ones fighting the wars. They're going to be the ones corralling the people into camps and all that. Okay? And they're still men and women, but they're going to have to do this because, you know, they, they, they're, they just try to get paid. But is that the right thing to do? Absolutely not. You know, so, you know, we want more people to be focused on doing the right thing uh, by humanity. So, you know, that, that's that's a good, that's what I'd like to share with everybody. Like the reason, one of the main reasons by sharing information. You know. Yeah, there's a lot of talk of people like chilling for the flat earth. I don't think that any of those that have been accused of this are indeed chills. I think that everybody is trying to get the message out and everyone's just looking for symbolism or, you know, like the number 33 or certain hand symbols. I think everybody is just being themselves and trying to do exactly what you're saying, get people to realize the greater good and to wake people up. So, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's the whole cause of this. It's, it's to get people to realize what's really going on before it's too late so we can turn things around and uh, figure out where we really are. There it is. You know, if they are indeed hiding land and resources, let's get that land and resources and divide it evenly among the people. Don't let, you know, one group of people profit off of it while others suffer. You know, we need to have a universal basic income. People need to be taken care of. And there's there's so much good that needs to be done in the world, and they want to keep on feeding us distractions, like, you know, the constant threat of a meteor hitting us. It's <laughs> in space. It ain't going to happen. There's never been a meteor hitting us. I don't think it's ever. I mean, I can't scientifically prove that, but I don't think we've ever had a meteor strike the Earth. Do you believe that there's ever been a meteor strike? No, I, I don't think so. I don't. It's these things, and like you want to talk about, you know, nuclear threats and all, all of these quote-unquote dangerous terror threat levels. I don't know if you remember. You, you must remember when they were like doing the different colors per day of what the terror threat was. Oh yeah, it's, it's all a giant distraction, so that. People don't pay attention to the legislation that they're they're passing, you know, to gain more control. And they can't control us without our consent. So we need to be informed. You know, let's let's be informed so we don't consent. Yep. Learn to start saying no to our puppet masters. Yeah, and that's what we need. You know, sort of a mass exodus from the status quo is necessary. A nice little monkey wrench in there, old plan. That'd be great. Yeah. Let's make it happen. Uh, Errol, honor and a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much for being on True Fiction Radio. Yeah, um, go ahead and uh, give us your, your social media stuff where people can find you and your videos. All right. Well, thanks for having me on, Chris. Um, a pleasure. Yeah. Anybody can find me on my YouTube channel, D.Marvel. It's just D.Marvel. Um, or my backup channel, D Marvel Live. Uh, on Facebook, Daryl D Marvel. 
um, Instagram, uh, D underscore Marvel underscore FE, on Twitter at D Marvel One, um, or visit my website, D Marvel dot info. <laughs> you know, uh, just, uh, not, not that hard to find. You know, not that hard to get in touch with, but, you know, a lot of times I just can't get back to everybody. But sometimes, every now and then, I just might give you a call at random. <laughs> you know, all right. Everybody reach out to Daryl. Enjoy his content. Um, bro, hit me back with a text on that, uh, UFO link. I want to check that out and take a look at it. And, uh, man, uh, best of luck with, uh, a trip to Alaska and can't wait to see, you know, some footage from uh, your experiments out there. And uh, you guys listening, uh, this is uh, True Fiction Radio on WDRB Media. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Carabin uh, or patreon.com forward slash Chris Carabin if you want to sponsor the show. Uh, cheers and God bless you guys. Peace out.